At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again. It is a winning edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Charlotte took a 108-105 to win over the Indiana Pacers last night. We're going to break it down from every which way, talking about the starters, the bench, who came up big, who responded to some adversity. There were an awful lot of angles to this one. And, of course, the centerpiece of it all, a dunk of the year, to this point, dunk of the career of LaMelo Ball. Graham, crossover dribble, gets to the paint, left-hand lay-in. No, but the power dunk by LaMelo on the follow. Are you kidding? LaMelo spikes it home, and Charlotte now leads by seven on the all-star Sabonis' head. It was quite the moment, and it is already trending on Twitter. I'm sure it has been for a long time now. So we got to talk about all of these things and much, much more with the coordinator of digital media content for the Charlotte Hornets, Sam Purley. Sam, a two-Sams edition of the HHC plus a victory. It doesn't get any better than this. What a combo. Let's do this more often. You and I talking wins, not necessarily silver linings plus wins and stuff to build on. It is a great performance by the Hornets, and let's keep it going. 108-105, to the final score. What stood out the most to you from this performance? I think the two things that stood out to me the most were the contributions you got across the board from everybody. You had six guys in double figures. The bench really stepped up. And the second straight game, the teams had all five starters in double figures. So I think that was really great. It's not relying on one or two guys. And in particular, Gordon Hayward just did not play to the standard that he has been, but still contributed. The other thing was the clutch time. I mean, key, I mean, they, every play they needed to make in that final 70 seconds, they made. Stop, shot, rebound, block, whatever. Huge, huge. And I thought it was probably one of the most impressive wins of the season, just the way they played down the stretching. It's a very, very experienced veteran Pacers squad. 
totally agree with you on clutch time. I thought they came through in the end when they were needed most. I, I do defer a little bit on Gordon Hayward. I thought, you know, there it, it was a slog out there for him, but the Pacers did the best job of anyone mm-hmm. so far this season of taking him away. He was face guarded throughout both games. He was immediately doubled anytime he touched the ball. Or, you know, if he was trying to drive the lane, there was at least three players with an eye on him. So there is a a certain level of player that has the physical gifts that it doesn't matter if he's double teamed. Like Kevin Durant can shoot Mm -hmm. over anyone. Giannis Antetokounmpo can jump over anyone. LeBron can do anything over anyone. Steph Curry is never out of range. And unless you're one of those handful of players, there is a way to make it very difficult for you to do what you want to do. And in those cases, as was the case last night for Gordon Hayward, it's on that player to make the adjustment and find the open man, which I thought Hayward did well. So long way of saying I agree he didn't score a lot, but I thought he still impacted the game in a very profound way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I kind of misspoke and didn't give him his due diligence. Just You're right, the scoring, 11 points, but six assists, I think a handful of those came in the first half. Eight rebounds, two block shots. I mean, he was a really good facilitator. And If you're the kind of talent that he is and you can bring that extra defensive help from the other team, that just naturally opens things up for everybody else. And I think they did a good job of kind of finding teams and kept the Pacers on their heels a lot on the defensive end. And it really helped the offense as well, one of the best offensive performances of the year for the team. One of the major benefactors of the extra attention on Gordon Hayward all game long was Devontae Graham. Left side drive, Lamb, shot blocked by Zeller. It goes to Hayward, up the floor to Rozier. Rozier to Graham, catch and shoot three. Got it! Devontae Graham offers up a scream as the Hornets make it a five-point margin on beautiful ball movement. This time, Rozier to Graham. 45 seconds to go. It was one of the biggest clutch moments there and a play or a sequence where everyone had a part to play. It's Zeller getting the block, Hayward getting the ball up the floor quickly, Rozier with the assist, Graham making the shot, just beautiful team basketball, a play more so than the ball one. The ball one is going to you know, go down as the one most people maybe remember from this night, but in terms of a signature moment for the win, I thought that three was it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Those, it was the three, the block, and then the three. I think they were down one or two, and they made it a five-point game with about 50 seconds left. And that was pretty much, you know, they made a good stop there at the end. But those were the two plays. It was, you know, Devontae getting the offensive rebound, finding Terry for the three, get the stop, and then just reverse it. Terry in transition found Devontae for the three. I mean, that's huge. When you have those guys just knocking down shots there on the clutch at any point, I thought they were exceptional last night. They each both hit at least four threes. Devontae, 10 assists. I mean, really, really impressive performance by the Hornets' backcourt last night. Just by those two, not even counting LaMelo, who was also exceptional. Absolutely. We'll, we will get to LaMelo for sure. Don't worry about that. Devontae, huge game for him. Ends up with 14 points. As you said, he made four threes. He had 10 assists, so that's a double-double. So discount Domino's today for all the Hornets fans. Make sure you're using that code. Devontae got a lot of flack for a slow start to the season. But in his last seven games... He is averaging four threes per game. He's top 20 in the NBA in total made threes, and he's climbing in that category. I think we can put to bed the, you know, Devontae Graham needs to, you know, have his role altered because he was struggling out of the gates, and now it feels more like there are just options for JB. And, you know, I think at some point LaMelo is going to start because of how great LaMelo is. 
But regardless of what that means for the starting lineup, I think it would only be a positive once it happens because if you're moving Devontae or Terry to the bench, well, now you have an elite scorer coming off the bench, which is something at this stage the Hornets haven't had consistently. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just a kudos to Devontae for how he's handled this. I mean, after everything that transpired last year, three-point, you know, he was top seven or eight in the league in three-point shots. He had a breakout year and to come in and just couldn't make anything and to continue to being asked about, you know, what's going on? Is it the roles, the shots, is it mechanics, is it mental? I mean, shooting slumps, I mean, it could be anything. And and you start to second guess yourself and or you can, and he never did that. It was always keep shooting. His teammates would encourage him to keep shooting. He never really backed down and really, really impressive to kind of stay with it. And like I said, the shots are starting to fall. And when those shots weren't falling, he was finding ways to contribute. The assist, not turning the ball over, defending. He's turned into a great defender or much better than he was last year at least. So really, really impressive not only is he, was he doing the little things to impact winning, he's now doing those and he's hitting shots. So hopefully he can keep this going for this Hornets team. Another player who had a really strong game was Cody Zeller. He was coming off a double-double. I thought he was in range to have another one if he hadn't gotten in so much foul trouble early. It really sucked some of the minutes and some of the aggressiveness out of his game. But he still manages to have 12 points and six rebounds and play good enough defense against the combo of Turner and Sabonis just to make them work that much harder. You know, in a, in a one-possession game, as this one turned out, one stop, you know, it's almost like arena football sometimes in the NBA. One stop can make all the difference. Don't need to take all my opinions or our opinions on Zeller. Let's hear what head coach James Borrego had to say about his starting center. Yeah, I thought Cody, you know, I thought Cody's found his rhythm last couple games. I thought he was really good again tonight, 6 for 11 from the field, and Overall, to battle Sabonis like that, that's a tough night. I mean, it's for anybody. He picked up three fouls early. He stuck with it. I was torn there late, you know, to go small, but Cody made some big buckets. Obviously, the guys found him at the rim and he, he finished, but give him credit. He played a lot, a lot of minutes against Sabonis tonight, and that's a heck of an effort on him defensively. So he's getting his legs, Rick. You know, he, he looks more comfortable out there. I think he, he's looked that way for the last few games, but he came up big for us late tonight. Obviously a team effort in this one to get the win, but I I certainly think it would have been more difficult for them to get this win considering the size and strength of the Pacers at the power forward and center position if Cody Zeller wasn't out there having a solid game. Yeah, I thought Cody played really, really well. And you made a good point about the foul trouble. I think he picked up his third one midway through the second. And I thought Biz came in and played pretty well for that for the rest of that second quarter. And then I think it kind of turned into a P.J. Cody rotation at the five for the second half. But, man, if you haven't watched Sabonis play, I mean, he is good. He is really, really good. His footwork and how strong he is. I mean, he had the triple-double the other night. And I think 22 and 11 tonight, and, and that was kind of an – so-so game for him you know I think he got frustrated you know he turned the ball over a little bit wasn't shooting nearly as efficiency efficient as he was the other night kind of stayed around the post so I think those guys PJ Washington that front court did a great job on those big guys the Pacers team just presents a lot of problems with their physicality and how experienced they are so really really good win we circle back to it but just impressive win over a really tough team that's beaten the Hornets four straight times heading into last night. Yeah, the the Pacers most definitely are a difficult matchup. We got more to talk about with this game. We also have another game to talk about for tomorrow, or today, I guess. <laughs> They're all blending together. What day is it? I know. <laughs> uh, the Hornets are going to be hosting the Bucks, so we'll break that one down for you in just a moment. Right now, I want to invite all of you to download the Hornets app onto your mobile device for access to all new features and exclusive content. You don't want to miss the new game day experiences for every game this season, giving you information and digital activations available only through the Hornets app. 
Hornets win 108 to 105 over the Indiana Pacers, improves the team's record on the season uh, up to 8 and 11 now on the campaign. They move about a half game out of eighth place. Uh, it's amazing how quickly things can change in the Eastern Conference. You know, one win or one loss on any given night, you can ping pong between a playoff spot or 12th place in the Eastern Conference. So each and every game critically important for the Hornets night in and night out. I'm Sam Farber. It's a two Sam's edition of the Hornets Hivecast with Sam Purley, coordinator of digital media content for the Hornets here. Let's talk a little bit about P.J. Washington. He's a player who obviously had a lot of expectations after coming off an all-rookie campaign his freshman season in the NBA. He had a, a little bit of an uphill climb getting into normal game shape, whatever you want to call it, to start this season. But he has been there for a couple weeks now, and finding ways to contribute even when things are not going right with his three-point shot. Last night, though, the three-point shot was working. I think it was kind of obvious. It's so weird with the summer and everything, but he came back and it just it looked like he was a little out of sync in the preseason, even in that season opener against the Cavs. And JB said, you know, if we're going to be a successful team this year, PJ's got to play well. And at that point, it just really started to kind of turn over. He's like, okay, he it just kind of a snowball in terms of in good. And yeah, 19 points, nine rebounds. I think he actually was at a double-double and they took one of the rebounds away. It was actually at 19 and 10. They took it away. So defense was good. He's assists, three points. I mean, he's just... His versatility is so much better this year in terms of what he's able to do. Um, the three-point shooting was big last year, and hopefully it starts to kind of come around. But, yeah, three of four, only missed one shot, seven of eight. So that's pretty efficient, and just a little bit of everything is exactly what the Hornets need from P.J. Washington at that power forward position and at the center position as well. He was kind enough to talk to me after the game on WFNZ. It felt great to hit some shots tonight. I felt like I couldn't hit shots all year, so to hit those three felt really good. I'm just trying to do my best of the five, rebound, defend, block shots, run the floor, get dunked. So try to do everything I can at the five, man, just doing everything I can for my team as well. You know, at the end of the day, he is always going to, you know, small ball five is the correct term. He is not going to necessarily have some physical advantages against a Joel Embiid, but I thought the Pacers, you know, might have done the Hornets a little bit of a favor with how many threes Turner was taking, and even though they did score a lot in the paint, Pacers had 60 paint points, I thought, again, you know, the combination of Zeller and Washington did enough defensively to give themselves a chance to win. Yeah, absolutely. I think Sabonis took a few more threes the other night, too, and they kind of switched it to Turner. And Turner was a good shooter from outside, but, you know, he was getting a little uh, eager to kind of shoot those. So, you know, the good job of pulling those guys out of the paint, kind of opened things up a little bit and didn't nearly as clog. And that's where Indiana does their damage, points in the paint. They're one of the best paint teams, so hold them to just 60 points. It's actually relatively pretty good. I think they average around 55. They're second or third in the league at this point. So really good defensive performance. Hold a team like that to 105. They only shot 31% from three after hitting 16-17 uh, in the first matchup. So a really good job. It's amazing when you kind of lock in on one area, the trickle effect it can have on the rest of your defense carries over to offense. It's all funny how it works sometimes. Yeah, most definitely. The Hornets get the win, 108-105. to Two stats really stood out to me, and both were season highs for the team. 16 made threes, 35 assists. I saw one tweet come out saying, like, boy, you know, when the Hornets' offense sure looks good when they make shots. And I'm thinking in my head, well, yeah, every offense looks good when you make shots. It's hard to beat teams when they don't miss. But I think it does show something that JB had talked about earlier in the the losing trend 
that they can't depend on Gordon Hayward. And maybe the team, well, I don't, you you tell me what you think about it. I mean, Hayward had had some huge games and teams were not doubling off on him. I think the Hornets actually benefited from teams focusing more on Gordon Hayward because it allowed for more open shots. It wasn't just, okay, it's time for Hayward to have a possession where he doesn't have to be Superman. It was He's double teamed. He is not an option right now. Someone else has to take this shot. And P.J. Washington made his, and Devontae Graham made his, and Terry Rozier made his. Yeah, I think it's an interesting way to look at it. It's almost like when a guy gets in a zone like that, and we, we saw that a lot here with Kemba Walker. I mean, he just get in a zone. It's 35-40, 45. It just keeps escalating, and then he kind of just runs out of gas. And it's like when you have a guy, your go-to guy, is just done. clicking tonight. He's got too many defenders around him. The other four guys kind of look around and be like, someone's got to step up here. It's going to have to be you, PJ, you, Terry, Devontae, because it can't be Gordon tonight. They're just they're locking in on him tonight or maybe a shot's off or something. So it's funny how that works, too. It's just like, you know, if you're going to take Gordon out of the game, okay, these other four guys, somebody's not – if they're double-teaming them, somebody's open right now. So let's figure out who it is, get that person the ball, and hopefully they can get up a nice, easy, uncontested shot. I thought the best player of the game was somewhere between P.J. Washington and Devontae Graham. I thought both of them you know, really had a huge impact on this one. I'd probably lean it a little towards Devontae with the big three that he made down the stretch. But the, the player that impressed me the most throughout the game was LaMelo Ball. And there were a variety of reasons. For one, the tip slam was awesome. I mean, that, that's just, you know, play of the night nominee. That's going to go up there on a lot of the, you know, the top social. 10. Yeah, it'll be on the top 10. It'll be on a lot of the social media charts. It's a huge play on top of an all-star. It was a great play. But what really impressed me about what LaMelo did, he did not have a good shooting game. He was 0 for 6 from 3. It was clearly not working. And there's a lot of rookies or just players overall where if you're not shooting well, you disappear. And LaMelo did the opposite. He started driving the lane, challenging a really good shot-blocking team at the rim and making his shots. He was contributing in the assist column, which he always does, but seven assists was big, six rebounds was big, and then the play at the very end of the game. He's inbounding the ball. There's less than two seconds left. A lot of things can go wrong. You can fumble the ball. You can commit a turnover and give the Pacers a chance. He calmly throws it off the back as the bonus clock starts. It's over. Ball game. He found ways on a day where he wasn't shooting well to still be engaged, involved, and impactful. Yeah, that, that throw it off the back, I wasn't even looking. I thought we were going to have some drawn-up play, and he just threw it off the back just like you do in the park and just end it. So that's the best thing you can say about a young player is he's finding ways to impact the game, whether it's this, that, rebounding, assists. Same with Devontae, as we were talking about earlier. 0 of 6 from 3, 7 of 7 on 2s. And I think all those 2s were pretty much either right at the basket or point blank at the rim. He did a really, really good job of attacking the rim. He had a couple possessions, too. I can't remember exactly when it was, but he would bring in two or three Pacers defenders kick it out to the corner, someone was out there, and they kick it up to the top of the arc and find a three. I mean, just beautiful, just passing, but and the attention he can bring at the rim with his height and his, you know, the way he can finish. So really, really good way. And that's a, you know, he didn't get credited with anything on that kind of play, a secondary assist maybe, but that's the kind of impact that he can have. Really, really impressive. Great to see him have that bounce back performance. I know he's had a couple tough games recently. He definitely had the hockey assist too mm-hmm. on, a, on a couple of those possessions, the assist that leads to the assist. Now, he, he's really had a strong game. And again, you know, he had a series of contests where for whatever reason, they were just not as strong as others. Um, you know, a few extra turnovers on a couple of nights. 
shooting slump is definitely there from three. Uh, but Nate Mitchell coming on the halftime show said, you know, we're not looking for him to shoot well. We're looking for him to do everything else that he naturally does well. And if he shoots well on a, any given night from three, that's just icing on the cake. Yeah, absolutely. How many rookies out there are shooting 40%, 39% from three? Almost like ones that are playing the kind of minutes that he is in usage, there aren't any. So I think that's great. And it's, it shows to show, you know, you don't want to give him too much to handle or too much expectations to hire this. If you make a shot or you miss a shot, you're going to come out of the game. You know, you want to kind of give him some leeway to, as long as you're taking the right shots and they're uncontested and off of ball movement, I think that's fine. You know, it's the taking the contested shots and not moving the ball and, you know, things like that. And I don't think that's a problem at all. So, uh, again, tremendous impact on the game. Really, really impressive performance from him for sure. Hornets win 108-105. to They split the series, so to speak, with the Indiana Pacers. And now with the win, of course, there's uh, you know a lot of other games to factor in. But for the moment, they are in a play-in spot, let's call it, what would be the play-in round of the postseason, which is it's essentially like the postseason. that Dayton game like yeah, on a Tuesday. They're, <laughs> they're in Dayton right now. <laughs> they're, they're going to Dayton if the season ended tonight, which it decidedly <laughs> does not. A lot of runways still, but it, again, it's amazing how quickly things can change. Team had lost six of seven. A lot of people, you know, starting to just not feel as great about the team, and then one win can really change the mindset for a lot of people on social media and otherwise. Big game coming up tonight. Hornets are hosting the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of the main attractions in the NBA. We're going to talk about the game in a moment. Uh, we know this is one of those ones where I think everyone wants to see LaMelo at this stage and the Hornets, the team that's out there. But there's a little extra energy whenever an all-star or an MVP is coming to town. We would love to have the Spectrum Center filled to capacity, but we know the energy is out there and the we want you to know that season ticket packages are available for next season already. 2021-2022 is just around the bend. You can guarantee your price right now. For more information, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to live chat with a season ticket representative. 108-105, the final score last night. Hornets defeating the Indiana Pacers. A big win, a badly needed win for a Hornets team that prior had lost six of their last seven games, but with the win, they get back on the right track and now welcome in the Milwaukee Bucks, who are one of the elite teams and have been in the Eastern Conference for the last couple of years. Milwaukee brings, of course, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is arguably the best player on the planet, averaging 27 points and 11 rebounds per game. I'm excited to see him in person. I'm excited to see what the coaching staff comes up with against him. Sam Purley, your thoughts on Milwaukee and Giannis? Well, Milwaukee's still good. Giannis still a great player. Um, top offense in the league right now. I think they were tops in the defense last year. The number one defense and maybe like the 10th ranked offense, it's kind of flipped this year. I think they're like one in offense and like seven or eight in defense. And I mean, Giannis can do it both ways. They've got Giannis. They've got Chris Middleton, who's a two-time all-star, I believe. Added Drew Holiday, too, who's a big defensive guy. Again, great. Two. They just have guys that can play on both ends of the floor. So the Hornets played them tough last year. The last two games, they played a game in Paris, and they were right there in the fourth quarter. And then I think they played him here at home right at the beginning of March and held him to just 93 points and only lost by eight. So they played really well. And hopefully this game against Indiana, this win against Indiana, which is a you know top half of the Eastern Conference caliber team, can kind of give them a little momentum, a little confidence heading into the finale of this homestand. And confidence is going to be key because it's not just beating Indiana, but you're beating an Indiana team that is based largely around their bigs. I mean, yes, Malcolm Brogdon's a tremendous player who's having a fantastic season. But for the most part, it's a bonus it's Turner, 
those are kind of the focal points, I would say, of that Pacers team. And they're known for scoring in the paint. That's one of their elite attributes. And I think similarly for Milwaukee, I think you see a similar story. You've got Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton, who, you know, definitely can hit the three too. But, you know, these are big guys. And of course, Brooke Lopez, one of the better centers in the NBA. So this is a big team. Big teams have been an issue at times for the Hornets, thinking all the way back to Philadelphia and those back-to-backs. Sam, what would the strategy be, or what do you think the strategy will be tonight for JB and the staff to counter all the size that the Bucks can throw at you? So what's my strategy to beat Giannis and the Bucks? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got, it, I got it all written up right here. No, I mean, one of the things they really do, and they, they've done a great job at, and I, I really hammered home this offseason, is just get shooters. I mean, get Giannis into the paint, draw all those guys. He's either going to finish at the rim or you kick it out. And right now they're first in the NBA in bench three-point percentage at 42%. They've got... Four guys, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, Bryn Forbes, and DJ Augustine, who's familiar here in Charlotte. So all shooting between 39 and 42% off that bench. So I think the bench play is going to be a big key. And just those, you know, it's tough. I mean, when you have a guy like him that can draw so much attention, you got to really, really be attentive to those guys on the perimeter because they got a lot of guys that can hit threes. That's kind of their strategy they've been rolling with so far this season. The, the counter of that, and Milwaukee lost last night, by the way, <laughs> to New Orleans uh, by five points. They had a actually big comeback just to make it somewhat respectable. They were down pretty pretty bad earlier in that game. But as great as the forwards are and the center is for Milwaukee, I think the guard position is where they can be susceptible. And case in point, last night, you know, the Pelicans didn't necessarily win that game because Zion Williamson did anything out of the ordinary, it was Ball and Eric Bledsoe both hitting seven threes apiece. Now, I don't know that you can depend on Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, or LaMelo Ball, those three combining for 14 threes in a night, but I think you're going to have a better opportunity for them to outplay their counterparts than the forward combination for the Hornets outplaying Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton. In terms of at least, you know, stat for stat, where you're going to see that divide. Yeah, absolutely. That's an interesting point. I mean, that's kind of why they brought in Holiday so much and they swapped out him. And it's oddly enough, that was Eric Bledsoe they got rid of in order to bring in Holiday. And maybe it was a little Bledsoe revenge game factor to that one. But Holiday is a really good defender. I mean, he has been for years an all NBA caliber defender, first teamer. So it's going to be a tough one. But yeah, I think that could kind of be the. You know, if you can kind of get that same production you had tonight from Terry and Devante hitting four or five threes a piece, I know it's kind of a big ask, but these guys are up to the task, and that could be the difference maker because you're not going to hold Giannis to nine, ten points or something like that. He's going to get 25, 30 points. Same with Middleton. He's going to have 20. Can you get the rest of the those guys kind of on the outside of those two or three big guys? Can you hold them in check and not have somebody like a Doug McDermott who went off at 25 tonight? Can you hold them? In, in check and kind of give yourself a chance. And I think that's going to be kind of the strategy in this one. Yeah, most definitely. You, you don't want Antetokounmpo to go for 50 or 60 or Middleton to go for about 30 or Lopez to go for 20. But if you keep those guys to their averages mm-hmm. and you can continue to shoot and share the ball the way the Hornets did last night, good things can certainly happen. Always good things when Sam Perley is here on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam, thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you for having me, as always. And we are looking forward to having a breakdown of tonight's game tomorrow. We are going to have the HHC debut of our new producer here on the Hornets Radio Network, Rob Longo.
will be making his Hornets Hivecast debut. So make sure you're tuning in for that one. We'll have all of the notes, quotes, and anecdotes from the contest against the Milwaukee Bucks. And it seems like there's a game every day or every other day, so there's much, much more just around the bend. But for now, for Sam Purley, for our producer Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us here. And we'll talk to you tomorrow once again on the Hornets Hivecast.